young, I'd listen to the radio. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Bob Trout speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is Mutual. This is ABC Radio Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Same Time, Same Station for this week. And it is the Andrew Sisters, Part 6. In about an hour or so, Perry Huntoon will be with us, and we'll talk about the Andrew Sisters and play recordings in that hour. But in this hour, in about 30 minutes, we'll hear Abbott and Costello in the Andrew Sisters from 1945. But now the Eddie Cantor Show, Eddie and the Andrew Sisters from January 10, 1945. Ladies and gentlemen, Bristol Myers, makers of Sal Hepatica for the Smile of Health and True Shave, the beforehand lotion, present the Eddie Cantor Show. With Nora Martin, Bert Gordon, our Russian friend, Eddie Cantor Von Zell Jr., played by Billy Grave, Leonard Seuss's orchestra, yours truly, Harry Von Zell, our special guests for tonight, the Andrews Sisters, and of course, Eddie Cantor! Lift up your head and shout, there's gonna be a great day. Angels in the sky promise that by and by, there's gonna be a great day. Gabriel will warn you, the very morn you will hear his heart. Rudy Tootin, it's not far away. Hold up your hands and say, there's gonna be a great day. Come on, Leonard, blow that horn. When you're down and out, lift up your head and shout. There's gonna be a great day. Angels in the sky promise that by and by there's gonna be a great day. Gabriel will warn you, somebody warn you. We'll hear us home, Rudy Tootin. Are you kidding? A man who's known the world over 
L-S-M-F-T? <laughs> Lorenzo Satchbreaker makes fine tamales. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Harry, it's a great college, and what a campus. It's tremendous, Harry. This college covers 40 miles. 40 miles? Must have a lot of buildings. Besi- no buildings. No buildings, Harry. <laughs> you see, it's able to cover so much ground because, well, the whole college consists of a trailer. On wheels, Harry. On wheels. Wheels? It's a sort of a tourist campus. <laughs> it's wonderful, Harry. Instead of making the student go to college, the college will go to the student. Yeah, but Eddie... But think, think of what a time saver it will be for your boy, Harry. Where do you live? In Santa Monica. Well, the kid gets on at Santa Monica while traveling through Ocean Park. He studies higher mathematics through Beverly Hills Latin, through Hollywood astronomy, and when your boy finally steps off the trailer, he's a graduate. He's a graduate? Magna cum Pomona. Pomona <laughs> tourist camp. I don't think my kid will like that kind of a college. You don't think the Satchman? No, Satchburger. Maybe you're Somalia, right. Maybe. Gosh, your, your baby is only ten weeks old, and here we are talking about his college education. I wonder what he thinks about his future, Harry. Well, who knows? All he can say is goo, goo. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder what he's thinking about when he says goo, goo. to think that my boy will go to college. Gosh, I'll bet the kid will be a genius. Maybe someday he'll make history. He might invent the telephone. Harry, they've already invented the telephone. They have? Well, of course. 
I've been trying to get one for six months. Well, Harry, you can't get a phone unless it's important. Well, I have something important to say. I have something important to sell people. Well, you, you don't need a telephone, Harry. I don't? No, this microphone. When you talk into it, you reach millions of people everywhere. You mean when I talk into this thing here, this microphone, my Aunt Nellie can hear me in Pittsburgh? Of course she can hear you in Pittsburgh. <laughs> What's so funny? Aunt Nellie lives in New Jersey. <laughs> Take the microphone and tell us what's so important that you're... Go ahead, talk. All right, talk. Eddie. Ladies and gentlemen, when you wake up in the morning feeling sick and headachy due to the need of a laxative, remember Sal Hepatica. For a glass full of sparkling Sal Hepatica taken then brings quick, gentle relief, usually within an hour. That means you don't have to risk feeling miserable all day waiting until night to take a laxative. You take Sal Hepatica when you need it, be it morning, noon, or night. And besides quick, gentle relief, Sal Hepatica gives you another advantage. This famous saline helps sweeten an upset stomach by helping to reduce excess gastric acidity. So tonight, or tomorrow, get a bottle of Sal Hepatica. Remembering this caution, use only as directed. Then whenever you need a laxative, morning, noon, or night, see how much faster you feel better, thanks to gentle, speedy Sal Hepatica. I want you to know that I'm sending Harry Von Zell's boy to college, and I wanted to talk to someone who knew more about it. What did you study in college? Well, I started medicine, but, but I was too embarrassed to continue. What embarrassed you? I had to examine a skeleton. Well, why, why should that embarrass you? It was a girl skeleton. <laughs> well, look, all medical students examine skeletons. Yes, but this one didn't have on any clothes. <laughs> Leonard, skeletons never wear clothes. Pardon me. There's always Frank Sinatra. Look. Oh, oh. Yes, Mr. Carter. Yeah, Nora. Nora, I'd like to ask you, when you went to college, were your studies difficult? Oh, yeah. Leonard used to come over to my house and help me with the homework. Yeah? We were supposed to turn out 15 pages a night. What did you turn out? The light. <laughs> well, go, go on and sing, Nora. Harry, don't you think Nora has a beautiful voice? Yes. I can hardly take my eyes off of it. <laughs> oh, Harry, sing, Nora. Go on. Will we be 
when I think back to my childhood on the Lower East Side in New York. Yeah, well, Eddie, you may have had it tough as a youngster with no education and being raised in the gutter, but I've got to say one thing about you. Yes? You acted. <laughs> That's not true, Harry Bonzell. I'm the epitome of intelligence. The what? Epitome. That's what the kid down the street used to do when I called him stinky. Epitome. No. <laughs> That other kid thinking. <laughs> oh, never mind, never mind. Well, anyway, Eddie, I tell you what, let's show the people what it was like for the poor children from the sidewalks of New York who couldn't afford an education. That's a good idea, Harry. Go ahead, right into. <laughs> Unlike fortunate boys who could afford the luxury of a college education, Eddie Cantor was born on the Lower East Side, which immediately made the Lower East Side lower. We now find Butch Fonzell talking to Popeye Cantor on the corner of Henry Street and Joe's Alley. Hey! Hey! Holy smokes! Look what's coming down the street! The patrol wagon! So what? Ain't you never seen a patrol wagon before? Not with me old man driving it. (laughs) Your old man? You know what they told him last time about kidnapping cops. Ah, it ain't my old man's fault. It's his environment. His environment? Yeah. Being around my mother and me. <laughs> but the old man's a good skate. Yesterday he took me to the movies. To the pictures, huh? Yeah. We sat in a balcony and all during the picture he let me throw pop bottles at the people in the orchestra. Ah, that's uncouth. That's uncouth. Yeah. When I went to the movies with my old man, I didn't throw a single pop bottle. You didn't? What did you throw out of the balcony? Pop. <laughs> hey, here comes Leonard. Oh, yeah, that rich kid from down a block. Yeah, how do you know he's rich? Well, they hung out their watch yesterday, and you want to know something? What? Everybody and their family wears underwear. (laughs) That ain't nothing. I wear underwear. You wear underwear? Yeah. Then how come I can't see no underwear through that hole in your pants? I got a hole in my underwear. (laughs) Hey, Leonard. Leonard. Can we play with your bat and ball? Geez, well, where do we play? Uh, right here. The fire hydrant is first base. The man pull cover is second base. And you see over there lying in the gutter? Yeah? My old man's third base. Hey, Leonard. Leonard, can we play with your bat and ball? Geez, well, where do we play? Uh, right here. 
the fire hydrant is first base, the man pull cover is second base, and you see over there lying in the gutter? Yeah? My old man's third base. Now, wait a minute. Listen, let's not be too noisy because yesterday the cops broke up our ball game. They did? Yeah. And it was the first time I ever saw a third base get up and run home. <laughs> New York winters could be bleak and cold, but sometimes winter on the east side could be a lot of fun, like during recess when the kids played in the snow. What a snowman, Harry. What a snowman. Just put a little more snow on the top of his head, and we're all finished. Yeah, there we are. Oh, boy, is that a peach? Hey, Eddie, here comes the teacher. Hey, Teach, how you like our snowman? Well, that's a pretty good job. Why, it looks just like a real man. It should. The principal's inside. At a time when most young college men are looking forward to the junior prom, an act full of excitement about the coming hop, so did Eddie Cantor look forward to a dance and act like he was full of hop. Hey, Harry! Harry! Yeah, Eddie! Harry, bud! Yeah. All right, what's eating? Hey, Harry! What do you say you and me get some dames and go to a dance, huh? What's a dance? What's a dance he is? Yeah. Do you know how funny your old man walks on Saturday night? Yes. It's the same thing, only a dame holds you up instead of a cop. It's the same thing. What do you know about dames? What do I know about dames? You want to know something? I'll tell you something. Yesterday I kissed a dame. I really kissed. I think we're going to give a kiss. You kissed a dame? Yesterday you kissed a dame? A dame you kissed? What's it like? Yesterday. Yep. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. You know how you pucker up your lips when you drink soda pop out of the bottle? Oh, wait a minute. You mean kissing a dame is just like drinking soda pop out in a bottle? Yeah, except when you true kissing a dame, you can't throw her at the umpire. <laughs> hey, look. Look, Eddie, here comes them three Andrew sisters from the next block. Yeah, look at them! Yeah, some class, some class, ain't they? Hello, girls. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> some class, ain't they? Yeah. I, I like that patty, Harry. I think I'll stroll over and give it a society approach. <clears throat> Say, Patricia... Would you and your sister like to go hoofing? I mean dancing? I mean dancing, huh? You mean necking, and the answer is no. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Patty. I ain't taking no for no answer from no dame. Now, wait a minute. Don't talk that way in front of my girls. No? You ain't so tough. You're not the only one around here with muscles. I'm not? No. Hey, Patricia, show him your muscles. <laughs> Never mind, Patricia. Hey, Maxine, how about you going to the dance with me, huh? Eh, uh, you wouldn't know how to act at no dance. I would, too, like a perfect little gentleman. I wish I walk over to a girl, tap a partner on the shoulder and say, Pardon me, may I cut in? Then what would you do? Wipe the fingerprints off my knife. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe you'd like to go to the dance with me, huh, Lafayne? Yeah, I'm going with Harry. You're going with Harry. What do you want to go with him for? He's a cheapskate. When he takes you to the ice cream parlor, two of you has got to use one straw. When I take you, we each get a straw. Yeah? But under his straw, there's an ice cream soda. <laughs> the soda. It only clogs up the straw so you can't blow spitballs. Hey, Patty! Patty, I'm taking you to the dance because I love you, Patty. May I kiss your hand, Maxine? I love you, Patty. May I kiss your hand, Maxine? Eddie, if you love me, why do you keep kissing Maxine's hand? Because has got jelly on it. Oh, <laughs> and that is the story, ladies and gentlemen, of a man born in poor surroundings 
who, through his own initiative, grew up to become one of the most beloved personalities of this generation. Harry, it's nice of you to say that, but, well, you shouldn't talk that way about me. About you? I'm talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, I don't want to sound like a ham, but I thought I was the radio personality of this program. Oh, yeah, well, Eddie, you may appeal to the men, but uh, I appeal to the women. What do you mean, you appeal to the women? Well, every week I appeal to the women to use touche, the beforehand lotion. Touche! Touche! So what's what's already touche? What is touche? Touche is the beforehand lotion that women use before putting their hands in hot soapy water. Hot soapy water! So so what's hot soapy water? What's hot soapy water? What's hot hot soapy water? Don't you know what hot soapy water is? Yeah. What do you put in your dishpan? The kid brother every Saturday night. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, Eddie, you put hot soapy water in a dishpan. And before you do your dishes, you smooth a little touche on your hands. For touche's beforehand protection helps guard your hands from the rough, drying effects of hot, soapy water. Now he tells me. After we yes. <laughs> well, that way, touche can really help keep your hands softer, smoother, and lovelier. That's touche. T-R-U-S-H-A-Y. Touche, spelled frontwards. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's a new thing, you're right. Frontwards? Isn't that funny? That's the way the sponsor insists. Oh, then that's all right, Harry. That's all right. Sure, Harry. Sure, that's... I like that front with. They're getting some front with now. And now, ladies and gentlemen, those Nash Kelvinator kids, the boss ladies of 8 to the Bar Ranch radio show, the Andrews Sisters, Patty, Maxine, and Laverne, here they are as themselves. Say, uh, I want you girls to know that I enjoyed having you with us. And I want the people to find out that in real life you don't talk like you did in that East Side sketch and that you have a sweet way of expressing yourself. Eh, <laughs> See what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? <clears throat> well, anyway, right now, the Andrews sisters sing Sunny Boy. And girls, if you don't mind, I'd like to sneak in on the second chorus made up as Sunny Boy. Let them do. 
Let them all forsake me. Who will you still have in the end? I'll still have you. What's my name? Sunny boy. <laughs> Where am I sent from? You're sent from heaven. Have I any special valuation? <laughs> and I know your worth. What will I make? You made a heaven. For who? Right where? On what? <laughs> For me right here on earth. God bless me. <laughs> when I'm old and gray, dear. You want me to promise something? Promise you won't stray, dear. Give me a good reason. <laughs> I need you so. What's my name? Send Eddie Cantor Von Zell Jr. to college. I feel that first he should have a little private tutoring. You know, grammar, mathematics. And languages. Yes, yes, he could study languages. And then he'd be able to say hello in French. Come allez-vous. Come allez-vous. How do you vous? the tutor. My dear you. I was teaching at Columbia University. Oh, do you know Nicholas, Murray, Butler? I was teaching all three of them. Russian, <laughs> if you were really at Columbia, you should know that Nicholas Murray Butler is president. What happened to Roosevelt? <laughs> he's in the White House. What happened to Dewey? Well, he's in Albany. What happened to Bricker? He's in Ohio, Ohio, where most of the presidents came from. Most of our presidents came from New York. No, no, most of our presidents came from Ohio. Roosevelt came from New York, and he's been most of our president. <laughs> well, never mind that. Look, Russian, we're trying to engage you to tutor my baby. Mr. Bonzo, I will... <laughs> I will tutor that little tootsie... Like he's never been tutored before. Uh, history? Geography? Oh, yes, oh, yes. You true vendor. <laughs> I, 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 I. was the greatest teacher of Russian geography in the world. Where, where was your university? At Moscow? Moscow's in Russia. <laughs> Moscow is the seat of the Soviet government. To get me to come here and teach, you'll have to make arrangements with my government. What do you mean? You know, lend <laughs> Of course, you're joking. No, I was just being facetious. Of course. <laughs> Mr. Bonzo, I will teach your baby in the morning or in the afternoon. Suit yourself. Just tell me, what, what, uh, what is the matter with the evening? That is impossible. In the evening, I'm going to night school. <laughs> All right, Harry, we've got to get someone else. Wait a minute. Can you get someone who has written a book on poetry such as this one? What one? Page one. <laughs> I will give you a prison. A what? what? A prison. A prison. A prison. Go ahead. There once was a glazer named Fraser, washed them off as they chewed up his blazer. Then he stood in a trench as it ate up his pants. And swallow the shorts for a chaser. Take oh. them out of here. Take them out of here. 
Thank you. Thank you, Andrew sisters. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, I love to spend each Wednesday with you as friend to friend. I'm sorry it's true. I'm telling you just how I feel. Congratulations, you lucky residents of Washington, D.C. Wing Victory opens in your city tonight. It's a great picture. And be sure to listen in next week, ladies and gentlemen. Same time, same stations, and in the meantime, don't forget the two products that make our Wednesdays together possible. Sal Hepatica for the Smile of Health and Truchet the Beforehand Lotion. Sal Hepatica, Truchet. Thank you, Andrew Sisters, and this is Eddie Cantor saying good night, everybody. January 10, 1945, and the Eddie Cantor program with the Andrew Sisters here on Same Time, Same Station. And uh, another program featuring the Andrew Sisters appeared on the Abbott and Costello radio show, brought to you by Camels. And in this episode, Abbott and Costello appear with the Andrew Sisters from April 19, 1945. <laughs> rhythms of Will Osborne and his orchestra, the swingy singing of Connie Haynes. And that gallant, chubby little gentleman who, when he walked into Hedy Lamar's dressing room by mistake, politely said, Hey, Costello, what? what are you so excited about? What's the matter with you? I don't know, Abbott. I'm all mixed up. In my room, I got a big picture of Lauren Bacall on the ceiling. Yes. And on my dresser, I got a picture of Rita Hayworth. On the walls, I got two pictures of Betty Grable. And under my pillow, I got a picture of Dorothy Lamore in a sarong. And I think I'm going nuts. Why? All night long, I keep dreaming of Gene Autry's horse. <laughs> Look, talk sense, Costello. <laughs> What were you doing in the courthouse this morning? Oh, I was there to see my Uncle Artie Stebbins get his divorce. Was it an interesting divorce trial? Oh, sure. The judge said, Mr. Stebbins, I'm granting you a divorce, and I'm going to give your wife $35 a week. And what did Artie say to that? He said, that's mighty nice of you, Judge. I'll try to slip her a buck every now and then myself. <laughs> now, Lou, that was ridiculous. Uh, what were the grounds for the divorce? Misrepresentation. She said that before they were married, Uncle Artie told her he was well off. Well, was he? He was, but he didn't know it then. <laughs> well, she must have had better grounds than that. What else did she claim? Well, she wanted to get rid of him because he was always getting indifferent. Artie was getting indifferent? Yeah, he was getting indifferent girls' apartments every night. <laughs> oh, stop that nonsense, please. I'm glad I went to the trial, though, Abbott. I found out what causes 100% of the divorce cases. So you know what causes all the divorces? Yep. What? Marriage? Oh, <laughs> You know, you know nothing about marriage, Costello. Marriage is a great institution. Yeah, but who wants to live in an institution? <laughs> Costello, marriage well, is wonderful. Yeah, marriage is like a three-ring circus. A three-ring circus? Yep. Engagement ring, marriage ring, and suffering. <laughs> but how can you Banana! talk? Never mind that. <laughs> Oh, you know I'm lost already? All right. How can you... 
How can you talk like that, Costello? You've never been a husband. In fact, you don't even know what a husband is. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, all right. What is a husband? A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Oh. <laughs> Costello, you're a dope. But you don't have to worry about marriage. Very few women would marry you. Very few would be enough. Well, <laughs> What happened to that girl you used to go with? Uh, Ruby uh, Poolcue. I thought you two were engaged. We was, Abbott. You were? But I broke it off. I told her to keep the ring. You mean you were willing to lose an expensive diamond engagement ring? That's right. What's a buck and a half to a man with a broken heart? <laughs> Ruby went ahead and she married Stinky Rappaport. Stinky Rappaport? Stinky Rappaport. I gave them a beautiful set of silver. Table silver? No, pocket silver. Four dimes and a quarter. <laughs> talk sense, Costello. Why don't you try to meet some nice girl and go steady? Oh, Abbott, I met one last night in the movies, and I took her out. She was an usher. Oh, you mean she's an usherette? What? Usherette. Yes, she yet, and she drank. <laughs> she ate like a horse. She had her nose bag with her. All right, never mind. <laughs> you know, we had a wonderful time, Abbott. You did? Then I took her home, and we sat in a parlor. Just the two of us. Oh, it must have been romantic. Romantic. We sat on a sofa, and I read her a love story. Then suddenly she reached over and switched off the light. What did you do? I turned it on again. Who can read in the dark? Oh. <laughs> what a guy. You're in the parlor with a beautiful girl and you read a book. Why don't you take it to a dance? Oh, I'm all through with dances. What do you mean? I took Cleopatra to a dance last night. Cleopatra. Last week. Cleopatra. Yep. You idiot. Cleopatra has been dead for 2,000 years. No wonder she couldn't rumba. Uh, <laughs> Costello. Spelled backwards or something else. All right. <laughs> Look, Costello, why don't you try to make a hit with that little girl my wife introduced to you? You know, uh, Odessa, yeah, Odessa Sweetwater. Sweetwater? Sweetwater? Yeah. I had to give her up, Abbott. Why? Her father didn't like me. Her father wanted you to marry her. I said he didn't like me. (laughs) Her father said he'd pay half your expenses if you got married. Yeah, but who's going to pay the other half? Costello, you're always thinking about money. When I I got married, I was just a struggling young actor. Struggling, I will get out. Sometimes I get lost. Yes. You don't know where you are. Well... I was still struggling. Thank you. I'm... And how you were struggling. I struggled. <laughs> I know you st- struggled, but you didn't get away. Ah, no, Costello. You're an imbecile. You lose all your girls. Look, what happened to your engagement to Tessie Tinfoil? It's broken. Did you break it? Nope. Did she break it? Nope. Then how did it get broken? Well, Tessie told me what her clothes cost, and I told her what my salary was. And when the engagement just, just sort of sagged <laughs> in the middle and busted by itself... <laughs> Costello. Both of us better get glasses. (laughs) Costello, how did you happen to meet uh, Tessie Tinfoil in the first place? Well, I went down to the bank and drew out my money. Yes. There she was. Five minutes later, we were engaged. You asked the girl to marry you, and you only knew her five minutes. That's right. Abbott, you'd be amazed what you can do when you meet somebody if you don't waste time shaking hands. (laughs) Costello. Costello, what became of Tessie Tinfoil? Oh, Tessie's an MP in the Navy. An MP in the Navy? What does she do? She keeps the wolves away from the waves. Costello, what? Why aren't you more like your brother Pat? Now, there's a happily married man. Why, I heard Pat's wife say she couldn't wait to hear the patter of little feet around the house. Well, Abbott, for your information, it won't be long now. You mean? Yep. Pat's taken up tap dancing. Oh, Costello, you're hopeless. What's wrong with that? Now, wait a minute. You don't even know how to look at a girl. I don't... Hello? Yes. There is. That's awful. That guy ought to be ashamed of himself. Oh, that's terrible. Goodbye. Who is that? The police department. 
They're after a peeping Tom who's been looking into the chorus girls' dressing rooms over at Earl Carroll's theater from the roof of this building. Boy, I'd hate to be in that guy's shoes when them cops get through with them. Yep. I gotta go now, Abbott. See you later. Wait a minute. Where are you going? I'm gonna sell my binoculars. Get them out of here. presents Will Osborne now with an arrangement of a current favorite, Candy. I've arranged a wonderful date for you. My wife fixed it up for you to take our girlfriend out. Emma Fiddlebuster. Emma Fiddlebuster? Mm-hmm. Not me, Abbott. I took that dame to a restaurant once, and on the way out, the manager searched me. Well, Costello, you have an honest face. Why did the manager search you? Well, he took one look at Emma Fiddlebuster, and he said, if you'll walk out of here with her, you're liable to walk out of here with anything. <laughs> oh, how can you say that, Costello? Emma is a blonde, and you'd go out with any blonde. I would not. Name one. Nelson Eddy. Oh. <laughs> Quiet, Costello. Hey, here comes Emma now. Oh, uh, good evening, uh, Miss uh, Fiddlebuster. Hello, Bud. <laughs> I believe you know my partner, Lou Costello. Why, yes. Yeah. It seems to be I met you someplace before, Mr. Costello. Oh, I don't think so. I never go to the zoo. <laughs> Get the kisser on this kid. Remember, you annoyed me one whole evening. I never even looked at you. Well, isn't that annoying? <laughs> and if I remember correctly, you winked at me with your good eye. <laughs> that one in the middle. Did, did I try to kiss you? No. Well, then it wasn't me. <laughs> Tell me, Costello, don't I do something to you? Yes. When I look at you, I turn gray as a sheet. Costello, I think you mean white as a sheet. Abbott, you ain't seen our laundry lately. Me. I've been told that I'm beautiful. Why, Lana Turner and I are sisters under the skin. Well, crawl back under the skin and send out Lana, kid. <laughs> oh, let me out of here. Goodbye. Well, Costello, what do you think of Miss uh, Fiddlebuster? Well, what do you think? I'll tell you what I think. 
Abbott, if you want to get me a date, why don't you ask Connie Haynes to go out with me? She's wonderful. I love her voice. Connie has a grand voice. Do you like her range? Like her range? I like her whole kitchen. <laughs> well, look, I'll get you a date with Connie Haynes on one condition. You must promise not to kiss her, because if you kiss her, her mother will worry. Okay, Abbott, I won't kiss her. I'll let her kiss me. Let my mother worry. I mean, no wonder girls won't go out with you. Is that so? I know how to treat a girl, Abbott. First, I buy her flowers and candy. And then? Then I take her to a show, and then I take her to a cabaret. I spend seven or eight bucks. Then we walk along until we meet a sailor. And then what? Oh, I can always find my own way home. <laughs> well, Costello, I'm going to arrange for you to take Connie Haynes to a nightclub. But first, I must be sure you will conduct yourself like a gentleman. Uh, come with me. Where are we going? I'm going to put you through a complete course of social etiquette at the charm school. Come on, let's go. Well, here we are at the charm school. What took us so long? <laughs> Give us music, will you? Bump, bump! That's it. All right. And I'm out of breath. Come on, we're here just the same. Oh, welcome, welcome to my school, gentlemen. I am Professor Melonhead. <clears throat> <laughs> gentlemen, I teach charm. Abbott, get me out of here. This guy couldn't charm a snake. Quiet, Costello. <laughs> Young man, I'll have you know that I do teach charm. Why, with that head, you should be teaching billiards. You... <laughs> Hand me a cue, Abbott, and I'll run snooker with his dome. No, no, no. <laughs> Take it easy, Costello. Professor Melonhead is an expert at etiquette. I know he etiquette. He... You know what? I know he etiquette. You can see he etiquette. He's still got the tail on his upper lip. Now, you quiet, you obese buffoon. <laughs> Continue. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> My high forehead denotes intelligence, brains. My boy, that's where I shine. Well, why don't you take some of the shine off your head and put it on your shoes? <laughs> From behind your skull looks like an empty parking lot. <laughs> Costello, will you behave yourself? Now, tut tut, let me handle him, Mr. Rabbit. I'll transform this boy into a perfect gentleman. Now, our first lesson here in charm is how to behave at home. Costello, what would you do when the butler enters the room? We ain't got no butler in my house. No butler? My dear boy, if you have no butler, how do you know when dinner is ready? When my mother takes the iron bars off the dining room door. Oh. <laughs> and then you eat. Not until she opens up the vault door to get you into the kitchen. <laughs> and then you eat. Then we eat because I'm pulled up. Go ahead, continue. All right, never mind that. Now, we'll say that you're already in the dining room. Now... What do you do with the crumbs at the table? Crumbs? Certainly. Don't you have crumbs at your table? Oh, yeah. Abbott comes once a week. <laughs> hey, you're welcome anytime. You can come. Oh, never mind. We'll, we'll skip the crumbs, Costello. Now, now, let's say that you have on your plate a slice of roast beef with gravy, some pickled beets, and a lovely portion of beans. Now, which fork do you use? I don't use no fork. No fork? No. I just slip my lower lip under the plate and bank the beans off the pickled beets. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. Now... We'll suppose, Costello, we'll suppose that you're in a very swanky continental bistro. Now, you walk Would in... Would you read that again, please? Oh, <laughs> you're in a swanky continental bistro. Excuse me, continue. <laughs> All right. You, you... <laughs> Come on, you saunter up to the bar with savoir-faire and distingue. Now, how did I ever get mixed up with those characters? No. <laughs> That's the way you walk. Now, you order a liqueur. The waiter walks up and slips you a pussy cafe. <clears throat> He wouldn't dare He hasn't got the nerve All right, now 
Suddenly, at the next table behind you, you see a beautiful girl. My assistant here will help us out by playing the part of the beautiful girl. This is Mademoiselle Zing Zing. 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 I've got to have a bouncer. Now, be quiet. Now, now, Costello, after the girl walks up in a very soigné manner, you approach Mademoiselle Zing Zing, and in perfect French, you say, Pardonne-moi, Mademoiselle. Voulez-vous promenade du boulevard, rue Bois de Bologna, et Champs-Élysées? I say that? Of course. And what does she say? She answers you in a lovely, melodious voice. Je vous ai, je vous aime, je vous adore. I'd like to meet you by the gas pipe. <laughs> Allez, boom, poo petite parmite. Gee, that sounds swell. Petit mieux, poo petit premier. What does that mean? Hit the road, chunk. The big guy is my husband. Now, just a minute, Melonhead. You've gone too far. What's the matter, Costello? Well, I mean, after all, Abbott, I didn't mind it when this melon guy forced me to walk into a stanky confidential biscuit. I didn't say nothing when he pushed me onto that Savoy ferry in a distinct way. I never said a word when he had the way to shove a pussycat's face in my hand. But when he makes me poo-poo petite marquis between that lovely girl and her husband, he has not only impued on my good name, but he has cast... Aspirations on the San Francisco Conference. For Camel fans tonight, lovely Connie Haynes introduces a brand new song. It's Freddie Martin's latest composition, and this will be the first public performance of it anywhere. We hope you will like Hubba Hubba Hoy. Every time the lights are low And you start to kiss me, oh Whoa, boy A hubba, 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 hoy Every time our fingers touch I begin to shake so much Whoa, boy A hubba, 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 hoy when you get that starry gaze, my eyes begin to leave. I go in a kind of daze, and my heart starts to pound like a G. I can't make the whole thing out, even in my sleep I shout. Whoa, boy, a hubba, 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 hubba. Every time our fingers touch, I begin to shake so much. Oh, boy! A hover, 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 hoy. When you get that starry gaze, my eyes begin to leap. I go in a kind of daze and my heart. Gee, I can't make the whole thing out. Even in my sleep, I shout. Oh boy! Oh boy! A hubba hubba hubba, hubba hubba hubba, hubba hubba hubba. 
Well, what are we doing up here at this joint? Costello, I've made a date with Connie Haynes to meet us here. And this is not a joint. It's, uh, it's the Ritz, a very high-class nightclub. Hey, yeah, but this place is a fake. They got a sign over there over the bar that says, Ladies served here. Well? Well, I went over to the bar and ordered a lady, and they threw me out. Oh. <laughs> Costello, I've met a lot of morons in my time, but you're hitting shoulders above all of them. Abbott, you must have met a bunch of short morons. No, never mind that. Did you bring uh, plenty of money with you? Oh, yes, I did. I'm loaded, Abbott. Right here in my pocket, I got four bucks, all in singles. If I fold one over, it'll look like five. Now, you, you mean you mean to say that you left the house with four dollars? Yeah. Aren't you afraid to carry that kind of money around with you? Well, at first you get kind of a funny feeling. You imagine everybody's looking at you. But you get used to it. The big trick is not to try to look nervous. Four dollars. Come on. Carry... Come on, sport. Let's go in. And don't forget to tip the doorman. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Allow me to open the door for you. Oh, thank you, Mac. Here's a dime tip for you. Costello, how can you stand there and face that doorman after giving him a dime? I'm waiting for my change. Oh! <laughs> Come on! All right, Costello, there's a head waiter. Now, if you want a good table, close to the dance floor, you'll have to give him a big tip. Good evening, gentlemen. Would you like a table? Oh, yes, my good man. We're heavy spenders. Here's a nice tip for you. But this is a quarter. Didn't you make a mistake, sir? I guess I did. I thought it was a nickel. Give me that back. Here you are. Five pennies. <laughs> this is an insult. Why, the champion tightwad of Hollywood gave me 50 cents. Well, meet the new champion. <laughs> Mr. Headwaiter, could you give us a nice ringside table? Oh, sure. Follow me. Hey, Abbott, I'm getting tired. <laughs> Can't we sit down here and rest for a few minutes? Not at that table. It's reserved. sign over there, Los Angeles City Limits. Here you are, gentlemen. Here's your table. On a clear day, you can see Catalina. All right, Costello, you sit here, facing the dance floor. Okay, but I'm liable to catch cold with my back toward the ocean. Well? What was that? A Greyhound bus. I wondered why they had a white line running down the middle of the table. Would you two mugs like to order some food? The roast beef is delicious. How much is it? It's four dollars a portion, but it's lovely roast beef. It will make your mouth water. That's what we want. Roast beef? No, water. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, do you mind if I sit at your table? Just huh? a minute, partner. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Chicago? Toledo. <laughs> Well, why don't you take the train and go home? Well, I would, but my wife won't let me keep it in the house. Aha! There you are, you cheapskate. Oh, yeah, you can't talk to me like that. Oh, no. I'll take care of you. Oh, oh, no! 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 Hey, waiter, what's the idea of throwing that poor guy out like that? What's the idea? Yeah. Why, his bill was $76, and all the cheapskate had was $75.40. Imagine, imagine the nerve of him trying to get away with a thing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Get 
he certainly got a lot of nerve trying to get away with that. Hey, yeah, but how much is our bill? Ah, uh, I don't know. We, we haven't got it yet. Oh, I beg your pardon. Are you locked, Lou Costello? That's me. Here's a telegram for you. Thanks. Hey, messenger girl, you forgot your motorcycle. Oh, so I did. She writes fast, don't she? Oh, boy. Hey, Abbott, here's a telegram. Look what it says. It's from Connie Haynes. What does she say? She says, Dear Mr. Costello, just arrived here at the club, and I'm on my way to your table. Expect to be there within the next hour or two. Hey, Abbott, we got to stop Connie. We can't let her come in a place like this. It would cost her a fortune. Well, here you are, gentlemen. I thought maybe you'd like to pay your check. How much is the check, Abbott? Eighty-three dollars. Eighty-three dollars? Mm-hmm. And I only got four bucks? And the other guy was only 60 cents short? Look what they did to him. Abbott, we gotta do something quick. Costello, this is your party, and you'll have to get out of it the best way you can. I got an idea. You offer to pay the check, and I'll give you an argument. Okay, I get you. Come on. Uh, Costello, I'll pay the check. No, no, Abbott. I couldn't think of letting you pay the check. But I insist on paying the check. You were not gonna pay this check, Abbott. I'm gonna pay it myself. I wish you'd let me pay it. Well, somebody better pay it. Mr. Waiter, does it make any difference to you who pays the check? It don't make any difference to me. I don't care who pays the check. Okay, here, Waiter, pay it yourself. Come on, Abbott. Let's get out of here. We didn't, we didn't make, make it. it. <laughs> Abbott and Costello will be back for Camel Cigarettes in just a moment. And I'll hear Bud and Lou with the final word. Well, Costello, the Andrews sisters are going to be our guests next week. Have you made any plans to entertain them? Oh, sure, Abbott. I thought I'd take them over to my house and cook up a batch of snoo. What's new? Nothing much. What's new with you? Oh, get them out of here. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Yes, folks, be sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. And remember, camels are worth asking for every time. See for yourself how camels' mildness, coolness, and flavor click with you. Abbott and Costello Show for Camel Cigarettes will be back at this very same time next week. Don't miss it. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Always fun to hear the Andrew sisters and Abbott and Costello, and uh, we heard them from April 19, 1945. On the weekly show of Abbott and Costello, they were also doing their own show, they being the Andrew sisters, I believe, at that time as well. I think we featured that before on a prior edition of Same Time, Same Station. There's just one place for me near you. It's like heaven to be 
like to link up with the show you can do that through uh, facebook same time comma same station you can also call us during normal business hours area 714-449-1958 or there's always email of course as well uh gasman is g-a-s-s-m-a-n and my email is larry gasman one at gmail.com and that is the number one larry gasman one at gmail.com or johngasman at roadrunner.com. <laughs> 